You're watching or listening to episode 114 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. And on this podcast, I have one vow and one vow only. I will not be playing any clips of Southern Hulk Hogan. There will be no Southern squeezes. You know why? Because that young upstart WWE will probably copyright strike it. More on that in this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. I like when uh, StreamYard glitches on the intro part. Yeah. So I actually couldn't see the majority of that. So hopefully it actually played. Otherwise, it'll be it added. It played in for edit. me, but it did glitch. Okay, so it did play for you. It did. Okay, well then, intro time. I'm Carlos, and that's Devade. So wait, did uh, so they actually flag that video? Oh yeah. So let me explain. So I do my so I'm, so on my live stream on Fridays. Uh, we talk about a variety of crap. It's it's sports card oriented mostly, but it can go it can delve into like we had uh, I, since I had the Fast Nine thing with me. Uh, we talked about action movies for a couple of minutes. We talked about a couple of we talked about music a couple of weeks ago, but about a month ago we um, I don't remember the context, but somebody brought up something about wrestling or Hogan. And then I decided it was a good opportunity to educate the children and tell them about, you know, the, uh, you know, our good friend, Southern Hogan, he of the Southern squeeze with his brother, brother, you know, daddy, brother, brother, yep. brother. Um, one of my favorite clips, to be honest. So I was like, any excuse to play this is a great excuse. And so I played the clip and then explained the context, you know, uh, soon to be Brutus the Barber Beefcake there with him, blah, blah, blah. I explained the whole thing. But then... Uh, about a month goes by and I get a little notice from uh, from YouTube and I've had this happen before because again you know, it's all these young upstarts it was WWE and then the previous one that I had uh, was a notice from another you know small time content creator Joe Rogan so apparently they flagged you know part of my part of my live stream as well really? so like I said all these small players are coming and nipping at my heels it's embarrassing really like it is beneath me to deal with such tiny insignificant things as these people but nonetheless but with the Rogan one, uh, basically all they did was demonetize it and it, it left it up. But the WWE one completely pulled the live stream off. Wow. So now uh, the only way I can get it back, now I literally have to download it, remove the clip in question, re-upload it, but then it'll get treated as a new video. The original one basically goes away. Uh, it's still there. Like I can see it and I can access it. Um, now the good news is it had already been out for a month. So I was like, well, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. But I... I for completion's sake, I don't like that my 53rd live stream episode just magically vanished yeah. off of the playlist and stuff. And it's like, it wasn't my doing. I didn't do it. Interesting. So Interesting. it's like I said, so there will be no Southern Hogan today, sir. Did we have it in ours too or no? Did we had we it actually... in a pre- we, I'm pretty sure we played it in a previous episode, yeah. Yeah, So, but that didn't get flagged. I, I think they but then again, we're not than, monetized, so maybe that's why. I, that's part of it, but I'm sure, they knew, I'm sure they knew better than to trifle with me twice. Once, I will forgive. You're, you, you guys are young. You're new to this business. You're new to this content game. I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a break, but you mess with it. It's like, as, as a wise man once said, your arms are too short to box with God. Hold on. I would like to point something out, because this came up in an actual co- a podcast that I, call, that I call into, which okay. is a wrestling podcast, okay? We also got to talk about you calling into a wrestling podcast. Please continue. Right. Fair enough. This is the 1991 Hasbro Hogan figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one that yeah. does. It's the one that does. Yeah. And his arms, his arms full of heart. I'm pretty sure. I, are you, we had that one. This we used to have that one. Yeah. This is basically the Southern Squeeze. I am aware of this. He's doing this mm-hmm. in this figure, which is what I referenced. But now you're going to get us. But now you're going to get us demonetized if we had been demonetized because you happen to show an action figure on the screen. Uh, maybe. So who's going to come after us? So Hasbro or WWE, Hulk Hogan, or all three? Well, obviously, the only true villain that can come in this situation. Just because I can. Just because I can.
at least that played without a hitch. That's the only thing I was like, I just want to make sure stuff's actually still playing. It's the only part I cared about. Hmm. But you know, that's a good, that's a good question. So can I segue to a baseball question? So today sure. we're just going to throw random questions at Carlos. And yeah, no, go, go for it. Make it come happen. back. But this was good. I enjoy the start of this because anyway, do you want, before I actually ask the baseball questions as you mm. gave the Rob Manfred, do you want me to tell you about the podcast that I call into or no? Okay. So tell me, tell me quickly a story. So you, so you watch, you listen to a podcast and you call it explain. Okay. So there is a podcast, um, eighties wrestling, the podcast. Okay. Sure. All right. They have 30 some odd episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and not at the beginning. And I, I was kind of, because the, the, the organization or the, the people that do them is one of the guys that does a bunch of the signings that I send stuff into. Okay. Because his shipping costs are not atrocious to come back. Anyway, um, they started doing a call-in show, like a few, uh, maybe like within 10 podcasts ago. So it was just two guys talking like us. And then now they do still the same two guys, but they also do call-ins. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started, I called in once. And then now that I've like sent a bunch of stuff and the guy knows me as sort of the, the guy who sends the artwork mm-hmm. that uh, he was like, Hey, you that guy. And I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. So I call in, I'm David from Canada. Uh, not Dev Aid from Canada, but David from Canada. And so I, you I lie to them weekly. about your name? This is, a, <laughs> this is a terrible way to begin a relationship, Dev Aid. And I, yeah, I come in, uh, call weekly, so and they, they, yeah, that one. So the last, I think the last three plus the Roddy Piper one I've called into. Okay, so wrestling fair from the '80s and early '90s is the most yeah. recent one. Yeah. Okay. So I went. I talked about we. They actually referenced my previous call on that call. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I called in Ultimate Warrior. Sorry, I've called in for Ultimate Warrior, Mr. Perfect, Ricky Ste- Dragon Steamboat, this episode on action figures, and then I, the first one I called in was Roddy Piper. Hmm. But yeah, and so I kind of feel like I sort of know these guys. They both follow at DJTIU Art, and uh, we talk wrestling. And obviously other people call in and talk wrestling, and then they talk wrestling amongst themselves. But uh, I did talk about the Hogan figure and reference the Southern Squeeze. Look at you. Look at you. Which I wouldn't have been able to reference if we weren't friends. Just the gift that keeps on giving. These are facts. So here's a question for you, Carlos. Mm. Who do you think of the teams that still exist? I mean, you could talk about Boston too if if you wish. Boston right. doesn't exist. Please go on. Um, which team what's what's which team has made the biggest blunder? Like where's what's an error you've seen in the playoff where you're like a decision, not an actual like legit error. Mm-hmm. But a decision that somebody's made, where you're just like, seriously, what the well, f is wrong? Uh, you know, with you? Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like this playoff. Like I haven't watched every game as intently as I usually do. I'll be like I said, I was very underwhelmed by the final four. So it's more like a thing I was paying attention to. And uh, I mentioned to you off air, and I'm not going to dwell on it. I'll, I'll be quick about it. Uh, this week I got my um, I got my second COVID shot because I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure I was set up and I had all my paperwork and everything because I want to go to the expo in a couple of weeks and do some stuff and I want to be I want to have everything in order all my eyes dotted my T's crossed so that way um, and one other thing and you know different folks have different um, reactions to it whatever uh, for the most part the family was, our stuff was pretty light everybody felt pretty okay um, I had a little sore arm for a couple of days but one of the things that I had and it was the same for the first one I had a little bit of fatigue. Uh, the second one had a little bit more fatigue, but only marginally. It wasn't anything crazy, but I knew. But I was. I took it easy that day, and I knew that I was going to make sure to prepare. Well, um, on the night after, or the sorry that night, um, as I was getting a little bit run down, a little tired, I was listening to playoff game. So I actually caught the end of the playoff game, and I did, and I, it worked out for me well because I think the game ended right around midnight, 
And then I, because I was already really tired, I go, okay, let me shut everything off. I had my new laptop, so I actually listened to it in the in the other room just with the thing plugged into uh, the big screen I have there. And then listened to the end of the game, shut the computer off, turned the lights out, and went to bed right at midnight. And um, because I had, um, because I don't have to be up right away necessarily at work all the time, I, unless I have right. an early meeting, I set my alarm for like 8.45. So I went to midnight, I went to bed at midnight, and my alarm wasn't set until almost nine hours later. So I actually got to have a full night's sleep probably for the first time in probably a couple of years. But um, so it worked out for me. It's like, hey, sign me up for a third booster. If I can get nine hours of sleep, let's do it. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point is that other than listening to a little bit of the tail end of that game, my attention has been kind of off and on. So while I was there watching and listening to the end of the game, I was listening and paying attention a little bit more. Um, and in that situation, in that game, I think it was the um, I think it was the Astros exploded for uh, to to blow the game wide open. It basically was nine to two, I think, when yes, I went to bed. That is correct. Yeah, I so, think that was the finals. Yeah, so so like they absolutely exploded in that inning. I understand the idea of uh, kind of the point of your question. Um, look at this at this level. Yes, there are managers that make really bad calls, leave somebody in too long, bring somebody in that they don't need to bring in, and all that. Nothing to me is that egregious because at this point. Um, if you've got the pitcher on the roster, that's a personnel problem that you have. If you can't use them, they shouldn't be on your roster. Like, I should be able to bring you in for whatever situation. Like, if you can't do the job, you can't do the job. Then pitch around them. Like, yeah. honestly, if you can't if you can't pitch them, pitch around them. Um, if you can't locate, then you shouldn't have put them out there in the first place. Then the mistake was even having them on your roster. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I think I think just some teams have not executed well. But that's not management. Uh, if the if you want to call the error an individual play here or there, I've seen plenty of those, but nothing like egregious to the point that is like, look, uh, l- let's clear all the subtext. Look, Dave Roberts sucks as a manager, but your team should still be able to win. They did last year, despite Dave Roberts being Dave Roberts. <laughs> so, so no excuses. This is true. So no excuses at this point. Like, look, if you can't execute, you can't execute. You can take the greatest hockey coach of us, uh, the biggest baseball coach of all time. It's not going to help <laughs> if, if the team won't execute, you could send out. Uh, that's why I always met, have fun and make fun of the whole uh, Mariano Rivera thing. They, because we, I had this debate with some folks. It's like, oh, Mariano Rivera is, you know, the go closer. It's like, I have no issue with that. I, th- I think that's reasonable, but I don't value the closer as a position. That's like saying you're the greatest punter of all time. That's cool. That could be objectively true. So what? <laughs> The only time I care about a closer is if they're either truly great or truly bad. Mariano Rivera was a great closer, but if you're down by five, he's irrelevant. If you're up by 10, he's irrelevant. So, and if he was a great pitcher, he wouldn't be a closer. He'd be a starter because you could use him for more innings and he could have a greater impact on the overall game. His job is to prevent it from getting away. He he can't help you get there. He he's there to help you finish it, but that's his job. To me, that's not as valuable. That is a very low war score, Dave. A very low war Ooh. score. Oh, you're going Super there, low you? war. You're Negative there, war, Dave. Negative war. Jeez. There you go. So, yeah, for, uh, for the playoffs, I haven't seen anything that I feel is too egregious. I haven't been paying attention closely enough, so I fully uh, leave that caveat in there. But I haven't seen anything that struck me as horrifically egregious. All right. Fair enough. How do you feel? And I mean, I think there's some egregious Dodger decisions when it comes to pitching. And well, the Dodgers are an egregious franchise. Please go on. Well, where they are with their starters, right? And and why are you bringing certain people into certain situations? I question. I'm also a big believer in don't pitch your starters in relief. Like let's pitch them on two days. Like you know what? So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
for what happened was in the Giants game, so the game five of the Giants versus the Dodgers, they brought in Max Scherzer to pitch the ninth inning against the Giants. Now it worked out, right? He got, you know, he got three outs. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he did three up, three down. He got three outs anyway as they won the game. But then that's basically screwed him up for the rest of the playoffs. He was supposed to start tonight. He's not starting tonight because of a dead arm. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And then they brought Urias in in relief in a game where he gave up the lead, right? And it's like, why don't you? You have a great bullpen. Just, do they? Yes, they do. Uh, according to that move, they don't. Well, yeah, but that's the problem. It's because they had the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. That doesn't matter in the playoffs. Well, true, but it, it, I mean, track record means something. I, I get your point, but that decision tells me they did not believe that. Correct. They literally which believe is, the opposite of that. Which is bullshit, is what I'm saying. Right? Fair enough. Because I get if it. that's what gets, go with what got you there. Right? I, I you have your, relievers. I understand, but you understand pay, my But point? it's not just them. I mean, the Dodgers are an example of that. Sure. But it's other teams do that as well. And it's like, why are you screwed? Because, look, if it go in the, you know, Dave Roberts' quote was, just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean it's the right decision uh, or the wrong decision. Well, that's that, fair. that statement I agree with. That, that statement is, that in is, general, That is a correct statement. I agree with that statement as well. But my problem is, is like didn't work out. <laughs> it, but but it's but it's it's it, it works out less than it actually like it work. It doesn't work out more often than it actually works out. I I'd like to see the numbers on that. The only reason I say is this, um, because it but it also depends on the pitcher. Because uh, my sure. favorite my favorite World Series that I ever got to watch, for many reasons, but my favorite. Other than like a Jays World Series, but that's Fair like enough. different. That has more of a uh, that has more of a uh, you know a personal aspect to it. But my favorite World Series to watch um, was the 2001 World Series. It was because of all teams, the friggin' Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Yankees and beat you know supposed to go clo- closer Mariano Rivera, trash, overrated. Um, but but um, in that World Series, who got used? Kurt Schilling and Randy and Randy Johnson. And they used it, and they used it, and Randy Johnson actually closed out. That's you know came in in relief, and he pitched on like no days rest and like one day rest, two day rest. Like, it was stupid, but Randy Johnson's like, yeah, yeah, you need me to pitch, I'll pitch, whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, one of the most famous. Now this goes way back in the history banks. Um, I I, I want to say nineteen twenty seven, and I'll I'll Google it while I'm going. But I think it was the nineteen twenty seven World Series. One of the most famous, uh, one of the famous instances of this was, I believe, Walter Johnson came in uh, to pitch in relief. The Walter Johnson, um, of all things. Uh, sorry, nineteen twenty, not nineteen twenty-seven, because that was uh, that was the Yankees one. Uh, it was the last Washington Senators one. Uh, let me see, Washington Senators World Series, uh, nineteen twenty-four looks like. Yeah, so that sounds right to me. Okay, so nineteen twenty-four. Let me just see here. But the point is that. There was a situation that necessitated, yeah, the winning pitcher was Walter Johnson, and he came in relief. Yeah, would step up as a pitcher and pitch four scoreless innings. So this is in the so basically you come in, and Walter Johnson you're using it in that. And Walter Johnson, by the way, was winless in that series. He had struggled, and they still decided like, you know, in in this moment we need we need we need our best guy. He's not a relief. They don't have relief pitchers in that era. They're like yeah. our best guy is Walter Johnson. Send him out there. Now, in today's world, they like crucify him. Like, and I think Walter Johnson pitched four innings in Game Seven of the World Series because they're like, "Screw it, go." Is there a higher leverage situation to throw a guy out there in? No. And it was a and it was a game that went into extra innings, and the end was, and they did win. 
um, you know, they got the result, so to speak, but it was a four to three game. <laughs> it wasn't like this, you know, big, uh, you know, huge scoring game. It was like, you needed what you needed. You made it work. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Yeah. But that's, that's going back to 1920s, uh, you know, 1924. It's not like this has never been done before. Now, it would be interesting to see because you're not doing it um, from a place of abundance. You're doing it from a place of desperation or you really don't believe that your bullpen can get it done and you're grabbing who you consider to be your best guy. To be blunt, Max Scherzer, I get your point, but Max Scherzer has been for the last several years in various stretches, the best pitcher in baseball and True. at times completely unhittable. Now, but here's the thing. If you knew going into that game, like here's the other thing you have to understand because you, I think you make a good point about the they clearly don't believe they have a good enough bullpen. Yeah. Because that situation, Scherzer went in on two days rest. Sure. Um, he had done that before and it had never worked out. Sure. Right? So clearly yeah i don't know or it's just this new age baseball with all the analytics it's fucking bullshit and far as far as i'm concerned yes the new age baseball from 1924 <laughs> well yeah but how often did that happen in but 1924 th- these are playoff situations though i'm talking about playoffs like yeah. they don't do this in the regular season day <laughs> like no, they're, they're doing it they're doing it when they're doing it when they're like look we have a short series we have a series here we're already into the series games into it um you're not doing this in game one <laughs> you know game one and game two you're, you're, you're basically looking at a situation where it's like, no, we pretty much need to win this game. And we're going to grab whoever we think is the best guy at that moment. And Max Scherzer, normally, your would be your answer of, who's our best pitcher we got? Scherzer? Yeah. That's usually what you think about. And isn't um, isn't Bueller pitching to, for tonight's game? Yes, he is on not a bad three, days, three days rest for the second time. Bueller's He's like got a four, Bueller, like a 4.91 ERA in the playoffs this year. I, but all the Dodger pitchers suck in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I thought we made this abundantly clear <laughs> several minutes ago. They all suck. Clayton Kershaw, garbage. Scherzer, trash. Bueller, garbage. Uh, can we get Sandy Koufax? Isn't I he wish. like 70? Let's give it but a even, go. Even someone who's been, you know, an amazing, amazing uh, person for them, right? And Julio Urias does not pitch well in the playoffs when he hasn't been used in his regular role. Yeah, but that's really, um, I, I understand that, but then you you guys need, you need a team psychologist because it's like, what's your regular role? Your role is to pitch. I don't care whether you're pitching the first inning, the third inning, the fifth inning, or the 12th or the 15th inning. Your job's to pitch. Is Did the batter change? No, he's still a batter. His job is to hit the ball. Your job is to get him out. The job didn't change. Yeah. I get the idea, but it's like, come on. Oh, but we don't have enough days right. Well, then tell the manager you're tired and you're no good to go. Otherwise, shut up. All right. All right. My sympathy is minimal on that. Like, they're not getting out of that one. They got to do what they got to do. If it doesn't work, if it had worked, it's genius. If it doesn't work, it's garbage. 2001, it worked. In 1924, it worked. Genius. I'm I'm confident if we look, we can find more examples where it worked, Dave. You you if you want to argue that it has not worked very often, you have to go to the sabermetrics folks and tell them to pull up the numbers for you. I hate sabermetrics. I really yeah. do. It is what it is. So, just like I hate there's, there's just like I hate the um the K zone. I don't like that either. Oh, you're just a crouchy old man. That's I am. Yeah. Be, well, no, but because here's here's the thing, right? 
and I was making. I would like to hear this your your take on this because I I have I have friends that I, I work with. Allegedly. Yes, believe it or not, I have other friends other than just you. No, I know you. I know you have people you work with. But the rest of it is what I dispute. Please continue. So one of the things, a lot of time, and because they know I umpire little league baseball, so every once in a while I met with as I you know walk into the office with robot umps because something has happened in a game, you know, the previous night, the strike call has been bad or a ball or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And my thought process on that is. The more technology you put in the game, like like to some degree, instant replay is a good thing, right? But but there's I have a limit with certain things. But my point is that it has a trickle down effect, right? So that you know if you're expecting your pro umpires to be, or it's okay to make a mistake because they'll be perfect or be corrected, right? People who watch sports generally watch the pros, and they have an expectation of the game based on the way they watch professional sports. That expectation does not trickle down to amateur sports or kids sports, right? And for the umpires who are umpiring those games and the kids who are playing them, I think it has a negative trickle down. And, and that's why I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not about robot umps in any way, shape or form. What are your thoughts on that, Carlos? So wait, so if I understand you correctly, I want to make sure I understood your point. Of course. Um, so you're 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 basically saying because of a trickle down effect in expectations, you're thinking that if robot umpires are embraced at the highest level, that it would trickle down to replacing your oh so important umpiring at the low level. Yes. Robot umps! Hashtag let's go. As the kids would say, LFG. I like it. Umpires are trash. Moving on. <laughs> Ah, thank you for that. I needed that. No I problem. wanted to make sure I understood you correctly. It was very important that I understood you correctly. No problem, Carlos. All right. You got any wrestling for stuff for me? Yeah. So here's, here's my question for you because mm-hmm. I, I get it. What is your biggest issue with AEW? If you could pick one thing that you think they need to work on mm-hmm. that would make the product that much better, what would it be? The biggest thing they're going to need to work on right now is going to be, um, developing the it's still to me the comes down to the delegation of tony khan because right now i think the stuff that they do they do very well but i think they're and and it was funny as i'm is since you bring it up i'm going to reference um this week's um this week's episode of rampage because it actually did something that i was a little surprised by but um but also kind of impressed with but at the same time also is a little problematic um Rampage is a pre-recorded show this week, which is fine. Um, it was a one-hour show. Again, fine. Um, and I think it's a microcosm, though, of why that delegation is going to be critical. You do need to have other people that can weigh in and give certain things. Because there was an interesting thing. There were three matches. And let me explain quickly what the how this plays into your question. The first match um, was actually a pretty solid match. Uh, it was part of the basically the tournament. It was Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs. It served a purpose, but they got a little cute. The result is fine because Orange Cassidy needed to advance because Powerhouse Hobbs is not part of the story that needs to be told here. So right now that's okay. But um, the way Powerhouse Hobbs lost was a little awkward because he basically was getting into jaw jacking with with the referee and like they dragged it out really, like they really laid it on thick to get to let Orange Cassidy basically roll him up. It was like, 
Powerhouse Hobbs had like 25 minutes to argue with everybody looking away from Orange Cassidy. Like that's too long. So if you're if you're going to be uh, the agent in charge of that, it's like, yes, you can do this spot, but it's got to be a little quicker. You got to get to the roll up a little bit faster. You can't drag it out that long. Yeah. And in, in this case, that might be Orange Cassidy taking a little too long, you know, selling the injury um, prior to doing it because everybody else did their job, but it just took too long. There was a bit of a gap in time. Second match also had an issue like this, and that was the uh, that was the Britt Baker DMD just for you, uh, Thank you. against Anna J. Right. And I like Anna J's potential, and I know they see huge potential in her, and I see it too. But since she's come back from injury, right now what I'm watching is that, and I want to make this very clear, if you're going to give me a choice, I will favor you taking your time and executing a move safely over being quick, rushing, and being reckless and potentially causing a problem or injury. This was a high-profile match for her because even though it was a recorded thing, the crowd was actually pretty hot for it, and... It's against the champion. It's not a championship match, but it's a showcase match for her because Britt Baker is right now on a roll. She's getting crowd reactions everywhere she's going. She's doing really yep. so. Right now, you're getting you're getting to be featured. This is a spotlight moment for you. This is actually an interesting match for them to have put together at this moment. And you know, for for the for the lovers, there's a reason for them to have a match. They had that argument in the previous show where Britt Baker was kind of making fun of the Dark Order, and then she got mad and they started scuffling in the back. That mm-hmm. led to this match. Okay, we have a reason for having the match. Otherwise, why would the champion bother with her? But now we have a reason for this to have occurred. Yeah. Great. Play. That makes sense. It's simple. And it's not like this big, elongated title feud, but it's a simple reason for them to have a match, and now it makes sense. Great. Fair enough. So, but when Anna Jay was doing her stuff on offense, there was like a kick that she did that I think Britt Baker had enough time to roll out of the ring, um, have a cup of tea, um, eat a sandwich, uh, you know, have do a consultation on the phone for you know for her office back home and then roll back in the ring and still evade it that's how slow this kick was it was just the slow and the camera angle made it look even slower it was like oh my god they really got to work on their camera angles it, it, that's part of it but the other part of it is that anna jay was being very very safe to the point that everything was deliberate like you could tell she was hesitating and thinking about every single move she knows how to execute a lot of those moves but it's one of those things like you got to get it tighter and if it's not ready, it's the same thing I say with Julia Hart. I think Julia Hart has a lot of potential too, but a lot of times it's too slow or the move looks like it has no impact. It's like, you may as well let it hit you. It's not going to hurt. It's moving so damn slow. It's not doing anything. So it's like, you may as well, why are you evading this move? It's not going to do anything to you. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you got to be careful with that because when you put it on a bigger stage, it's more glaring. At the end of the day, they got the job done. It made it, the result... You got the result you needed out of it. And it gave an excuse for Tay Conti to come out there and, you know, help. But at the same time, why wasn't Tay Conti out there in the first place? Sometimes there are logic flaws. And AEW's not immune from this. And I'm going to have some fun with WWE in a second about this, too. Because they got logic flaws, my friend. Oh, do they have logic flaws. But they're, they're, this is where an agent, again, has to be the one to be like, hey, if we're going to do this, you got to make sure you maybe you two need a little extra time in the ring there to get comfortable with some of the stuff you're about to do so that it's a little bit quicker, a little bit tighter. And that way you can still have the same length of match that you had. The length was fine, but you got to get through some of the stuff and make it a little quicker, make it look like it has a little more snap to it. It can't look like that's not going to work. Yeah. That doesn't look like a punch. That looks like you just grazed your fist in their direction. No, you can't do that. And the third match, um, the main event was actually really good. Um, but that's why I say you're getting a bit of a mixed bag. And on a one hour show, you want to be a little bit more careful to make sure that you got people that are comfortable in doing whatever you're asking them to do. 
Yeah, for sure. If it's going to be, because you're only getting three matches out of it. Um, for the most part, good. So that took the issue, the episode of Rampage. Now, really quick. So to the point of AEW, you got to have those agents be empowered to be able to help out with some of those things, make some of those decisions. I don't know how much Tony Khan allowed that. I did notice a little bit more character development and purpose because even in that main event segment, when the match was over, and it was a very good match with Pac and Andrade, mm-hmm. Malachi Black showed up. Hey, what the heck's going on? And then Cody Rhodes came out to make the save. Continuation of one storyline, an integration of another storyline, a new alliance. Okay, now we got some. We got a. We got two things rolling here at the same time. A little. Yeah. So, and then you know, coming back to Britt Baker, I still think Thunder Rosa is going to be in her future. However, the tournament they got going with the TBS thing is right now potentially going to be playing. And here's what's funny. The, the women had very little in the way of storylines. They're starting to develop some storylines. Britt Baker's just being a jerk and picking fights with people. That's keeping her busy. But coming out of that tournament, the likelihood is it's going to be somebody like Ruby Soho winning. That's going to give her a title. It's going to give her something to do for a while. Mm-hmm. However, Thunder Rosa loses could potentially lead into her then rolling into Britt Baker. Bear that in mind. And one of the early matches, I think the first round, is going to be Sheeta against Serena Deeb. A rematch of the mo- of of the last match they had, where Serena Deeb took offense to the potential fiftieth win thing by Sheeta, and then whacked her with the trophy. Continuity. You put them back in a match now; they're already mad at each other for this. So you do that, but then that plays into the tournament now. One of them has to advance, and then you can play around with that a little bit as well. And there are some buys there that allow these things to go, so you can still get to your result, and you can spin off some feuds off of it. You already have a feud that's already a beginning feud rolling into it, and you just put them against each other in the tournament. Makes sense. Great. And on the other side, if you can find a way, a clean way of getting Thunder Rosa out of there, well, then now she's busy going over potentially fighting Britt Baker. And in the meantime, Ruby Soho has a whole list of opponents in that tournament who, who might want to crack at her. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Now it sounds like you got two or three things going on there with the women. And you added a couple more things going on with the guys. And... For the men's side of the uh, of the tournament they're having, for the number one contendership, it's lining up to look like John Moxley is going to turn heel. And it looks like the way that bracket is li- lined, that's why I say the powerhouse Hobbs thing made perfect sense, because now Orange Cassidy, I think, is going to be potentially going up against Mox. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Moxley beat the living crap out of Yuta, uh, you know, the buddy of the best friends there. Yeah, that was basically a squash match. Yeah, but he, li- he, but he beat him viciously. Well... If Orange Cassidy advances, his advance, which he has, and he ends up facing Mox, now these two have a reason to square off. What if he decides to try to, cr- to destroy Orange Cassidy? And he rolls through people into the finals because of the way the brackets roll out, if they, if they do that, you can have a Brian Danielson-Moxley final. Yeah. Looking good. good. Looking good. Like So I'm saying like some stuff is starting to fall into place here. So... I have been patient because I suspected that some things they were waiting for a couple of things to come into, into alignment so they could start putting some of these things in place. And it's looking like we're starting to head into that direction. Yeah. Because then a heel Moxley offers a new opportunity for say, potentially a new champion hangman. Huh? Isn't that interesting? How suddenly we know we already have a potential opponent in the wings over here, kind of doing his own thing. But then if the hangman thing comes to pass over here, you forgot about this guy. He's like, Oh, and he's a bad guy too, so now he's gonna roll into town. Yeah, I quite, I quite uh, think that uh, Pac, uh, or sorry, Hangman. I don't want to call him Pacman. Hangman uh, Adam jo- is—he's the one who's gonna end up being the champion. 
Yeah, which is, which is a, which is a conclusion to a story, a logical story that they have been playing off. So that story for him has been going on for a while, and he and Kenny were going to be on a collision course. So it sounds to me like they're oh, WWE. What happened? I thought they didn't do stories. What the hell? <laughs> but don't worry, WWE has a story for us. Did you hear about what happened on SmackDown with the women's? Uh no. Oh, Dave. This is this is post um post Crown Jewel. Yes. Okay. But I'm going to talk about Crown Jewel first here. I'll get to Crown Jewel and then roll it into the, into this Friday's edition of SmackDown. Okay. Quick thing about Crown Jewel before I get to the women's uh, segment. Question for you. Let's say you're in a wrestling feud. You know, someone really doesn't like your art. Now it's a blood feud forever. And they're, and they're a, um, you know, they don't like your art and they're a New Orleans Saints Super Bowl denier. Well, the second one, they're, they're correct. Oh, my goodness. But the second one, they're correct. But the first one, you know, them's fighting words with the art. Them's fighting words. But the point is, and as part of the feud, they decide to break into your house and, and fight you. And, you know, and mess around with your crap. So they broke into your house. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is Edge and Seth Rollins. Okay? Yeah. Blood feud. Blood feud. Blood feud. And then, of course, Edge's solution to this is hell in a cell. Okay. I like it. I like it. So here's my question. This is what I'm going to be interested in. So you have this blood feud and you're going to do this hell and cell thing. Question. You're both in the same country. Why are you flying to Saudi Arabia to fight? Because WWE has a lot of money. But I'm asking why in kayfabe you would do this. Okay. uh, You would. Why from a storyline say, can I just go to his house and beat him up? Yeah, from a we're in the same country. No, it's it's a lot easier. I have to hop on a plane 17 hours to go to go fight you in Saudi Arabia. That's stupid. Did I mention earlier that WWE people are stupid? They're idiots. Yeah. I was like, what's the point? Why would I need to fly to Saudi Arabia? Like, it should be a cinematic match where I fight you in your house and hit you over the head and throw you onto your couch. That's what should have happened. It would have been stupid, I grant you, but it would have made a lot more sense. Anyway, so that's what that was my one thing with the Saudi Arabia thing. All right. Okay. So they did the, so they did the whole thing with the women. Uh, the, out of the, out of it, really nothing happened. No championships changed hands. Fine. We get to we get the SmackDown. They 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 built a segment around the idea of the title exchange. So Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are going to swap titles because they're on separate brands, opposite to the title they have, because WWE is stupid. By the way, the men don't have a men's Raw championship and a men's and a men's uh, you know SmackDown championship. They have a WWE championship and Universal championship. That way, it doesn't matter what which show you're on. Yeah. But the women have a brand specific championship, so the Raw champion being on SmackDown. Well, that would be stupid. Who would do that? Yeah. But you did it in the draft because you're idiots. But fine, you you, you did a segment to close the show. This is to close the show. So you're gonna do this title exchange. Because you couldn't just get the titles from yourself and just hand them their appropriate We got to do it. We got to have it in the middle of the ring for reasons. Oh, obviously, Carlos. Come yes. on. So anyway, it leads to it leads to garbage and whatever. Uh, the rumor is that there was some issue that Charlotte's got a bit of an issue and she went off script, whatever. I don't really care about that. My point is that this whole ridiculous storyline is it's for some reason the women went all the way to Saudi Arabia and had the first ever, you know, women's championship match in Saudi Arabia, blah, 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 blah. Nothing happened. There's a triple threat match that was pointless that I mentioned that weeks ago mm-hmm. that led to literally nothing. Nothing changed. And then you swap titles because it doesn't matter. Great. Good to know. 
Yeah. Stories. WWE, ladies and gentlemen. The, the good news, but listen, as Becky Lynch told us, WWE has stories. No flips. The yeah. closest segment was a talking segment where Sasha Banks attacked Charlotte because I'm supposed to care. Yep, that fixed everything. Cool. Good, cool story, bro. Anything else? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so that's so that's why I say like, look, um, keep trying, guys, keep trying, but um, not great. Yeah, and um, yeah, and apparently the first segment of SmackDown was basically Lesnar and um, Roman and all that stuff for about forty minutes. They went forty minutes on that opening segment. That's decent time. Yeah, but nothing actually happened. <laughs> they they basically just eventually got to Lesnar throwing people around, and then the guys you know fought a little bit. That wasn't a match. There was, there was nothing really involved. And at the end of it, uh, Brock Lesnar is indefinitely suspended. Why? Because Brock Lesnar only has so many appearances and they can't have him on the show all the time. So he'll be gone for months. So this will lead to nothing. Until next year. Yeah. Woo! 40 minutes of the show. Oh, boy. Well, what can you do, though, right? Guess they're going to do what they're going to do and they're not going to listen to us, so. No, I get it. But my point is that I'm like, look, uh, when I look at the other show and I see some issues, yeah, nobody's perfect, but my issues are a lot less egregious. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like by comparison, it's like, look, at least there seems to be a rhyme. Whether you agree with the rhyme or reason, there at least seems to be a rhyme or reason for what's going on on AEW, as opposed to there, there is one. yes, yes and no. Sometimes I think, or the way things start, I think you know, I think it could be improved. Let's put it that way. But Tony Khan is not a booker. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan who decided to put his Booker hat on. Right. So maybe he should, like, I don't know, hire a Booker or figure out how to book. He owns a company. He's cooking his own food. Uh, I know. But that I think that that holds them back in some ways. Right now at this point, let's put it this way. AW is a C minus on logic. WB is an F minus, minus, minus. They're negative war. I, I can live with. I can live with that. What you're competing with is you're competing with the special child in the back who hasn't graduated sixth grade in 14 years. This isn't a lot of competition. Your job is just, can you pass the grade? Yep. Okay, great. You're going to grade seven. <laughs> you can stay back there, Charlie. So you're staying back there. Poor Charlie. It's pretty much it, isn't it? Right. It really is. But anyway, we'll see. Um, and then I'm looking forward to, I set the PVR. So as we speak, I set the PVR for tonight's show. Um, they've got a lot of stuff on that docket, though. Um I think I'll talk about it some more once I get a chance to see and what happens, but they got a lot. So the Saturday show, they got a lot of good matches on for AEW. So we'll see how they're able to execute and proceed from there. That'll be interesting. And I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, right now, like I said, both companies have some work to do. I'm at least enjoying what AEW is try- doing with. And again, they're going to they're gonna screw up some stuff. They're going to crash and burn some stuff. I guarantee it. But like I said, they're trying stuff. And yeah. they're going to keep trying stuff. WWE is not trying stuff really the belt exchange things already been done they actually did it a couple times um wasn't great goldberg won so that's something oh by the way uh, bobby lashley didn't die so goldberg false advertising that's trash you were supposed to kill this man in saudi arabia and bury him in the sand or something yeah well didn't happen it's lies dave it's not like wrestling's ever you know uh i don't exaggerated anything Goldberg promised me death. Yeah, well, Carlos, and you're looking in the wrong place. Clearly. Just sad. Just sad. It's not like they don't kill people in Saudi Arabia. They totally kill people in Saudi Arabia. 
He could have had people do it for him. Oh he didn't even goodness. have to do Let's the damn talk, job. Like, you, you, okay, well, not wrong. We don't <laughs> not need to 100% go 100% correct. 100% correct. These are factual yeah. statements I made. All right. Let's 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 just wrap it up then, shall we? <laughs> I was never going to let everybody get away without that one. Hey. It was too easy. Saudi blood money. Let's look forward to next episode. Crown Jewel Part D. Whatever they're at now. And we can talk about that in a future episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, unfortunately, Dave, you will not get any of that sweet, sweet Saudi money now. It's okay. Let's I can sad. live with it. A little sad. Anyway, so that'll be it for this time around. We'll come back on a future episode. We'll we'll see what kind of, what kind of this next little bit comes up uh, as we roll into November. Um, and by the I think by the time we next speak, we'll have our World Series competitors fully established, one way or the other, no matter yep, what happens. For sure. We'll have that figured out, and then we'll kind of see. And then we'll kind of see where we go from there. Um, again, a little underwhelming right now, but eh, I'll still watch it. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see where we come out of that. So that'll be it this time around. You can catch us on Google, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your audio version, video version on YouTube, Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. So that'll be it for myself and the artiste and call-in podcaster, Dev Aid. Facts. And we'll catch you on episode 115 upcoming of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.